Don't stop, please. It's a form of Tai Chi Chuan, isn't it? Sort of. I thought I'd never see that practiced again, though I don't know much. Just that story about the Tai Chi master? Chang Sang Feng. He watched a fight between a bird and a snake and saw how the soft and yielding could overcome the hard and inflexible. So you believe that's the way? What? To defeat your enemy. Absorb his energy. Yield and overcome. Come here. You see? It's not enough just to absorb the energy of your opponent. You have to turn it against him so that you remain balanced, uninvolved. Welcome to Series 3, Episode 23 of Conversation Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining me on the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Colin. Hello. With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So Series 3, Episode 23, the screenplay was done by Tony Osborne. It was directed by John Reed, and the episode synopsis were read out by myself. Tysang contemplates the Guardian's offer, while Luke seeks support from the Murats to talk her out of it. The rebels stumble upon the Chosen's propaganda machine, and Casey tries to enlist Tally in his schemes, but who's scamming who? I'm trying to meditate, Alice. Look, I just wanted to know, you know, how it went last night. I don't know! It's not what I thought, alright? Okay, there's no need to bite my head off. I'll see you later. Alice! So yeah, let's dive into the aftermath of that question that the Guardian gave to her. What do you think about Tyson's method of weighing up the decision? And yeah, what do you make of that chemistry between Tyson and Pride? Um, I'm a big Tyson Pride shipper. Shame, shamelessly. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, please. Mm-hmm. My only complaint is that we don't get more. <laughs> right. Like, that was, exactly. When I saw it, I was like, ooh. This is good. <laughs> Why did we get this? <laughs> it makes so much more sense to me mentally than Lex and Tyson ever do. It's like these two are made for each other. I think it's actually kind of interesting to know that about Pride and Tyson, where they would be very good together. They'd be incredibly compatible. Both Pride and Tyson are drawn to people who are very different than they are. Mm-hmm. And I, so I just think that's interesting, you know, that, you know, even though Pride, they, they introduce a better match for Tyson right here, but the person she's in love with is her opposite. Pride is also tends to be drawn to women who aren't like him, who don't kind of think things through like he does, and they're not as oh, methodical yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just think that's interesting about maybe that's why they don't get together. <laughs> <laughs> They're too alike in what they're attracted to. <laughs> that's a good Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. That's um that's very interesting that all of you like this. I for one hated it. I think one tree hugger is enough for me. If I was in the mall and I had to listen to both of these talk about positive and negative energy, I would just sign me up for the chosen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but honestly, come in, come on, even if you hate that kind of talk. 
isn't it easier if they can talk to each other than to you? <laughs> Dude, we can have a true point, yeah. <laughs> All hell, Zoot. <laughs> not listening to it. <laughs> they, they, I won't lie, though. If you had to know those two as a couple in real life, they would be insufferable. You wouldn't want to yeah. go to any of their dinner parties. <laughs> I think they would imagine like... the couple, they would be in real life. Yeah, it would be... <laughs> They're so they happy, be but... Those... No, they would be one of those couples that if you were to go to their house for whatever type of gathering, they would have pictures of themselves just up, just <laughs> celebrating each other. They would be so crunchy. Like, like you'd be super happy for them. You'd like them. You know what I mean? You'd want to keep in touch with them, but you'd be like, you wouldn't invite them over a lot. You just couldn't no. do it. Mm-hmm. Not together. Oh, just, never together. Just on their own. Never near anyone you like. <laughs> Like there's, I'm so happy for them. I just need them to stay over there <laughs> in their own bubble. I I guess it depends on what kind of people you hang out with. I mean, I've known people and couples like that, and yeah, they're 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 different, but they can work out so so well. Don't be wrong; they're wonderful. You would love them as people. Like you know what I mean? They'd be your mm-hmm. friends. You'd have them in your life for a reason. It's just two of them at once might be a bit much, you know. Like, I love those guys so much. Are you inviting him over for dinner? Oh, no. No. <laughs> I can't do it tonight. No. <laughs> yeah, that's a hell no. Ah, well, you definitely know that would be the vegan option. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's right. <laughs> it's quite interesting to think of that Amber was a fluke, in a way. And the Siku Pride, Pride ends up with in, like, May and Celine. Yeah. <sighs> it's quite interesting <laughs> when you think of it that way. Yeah, some people just don't have a taste for people who are like them. You know what? I I think Pride is addicted to drama when it comes to his relationships. I really do. And I know it sounds strange because... He's not because he doesn't date Trudy. No, stop. No, what I mean is Pride doesn't seem to go for the logical choice in his his pursuits of relationships. He seems to go for the most dramatic. Even Amber falls in line with that. It was very clear mm-hmm. that Amber was still in love with somebody else. She wasn't over it, that she was running from her past. And he was like, that's the girl for me. <laughs> I, I'm going to throw myself into a relationship with somebody who cannot return my affections whatsoever. And she couldn't have made it more obvious that she wasn't that into him. And he was like, that's okay. I think he kind of likes the drama of it all. You know, his relationship with Celine is a little dramatic. His relationship with May is super <laughs> dramatic. I, I just think there's a part of pride that kind of, it gets his wheels going. <laughs> that's, Probably. That's, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pattern. <laughs> just, it's a little exciting. You know what I mean? He likes the challenge. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, I just think kind of, it just seems a pattern for Pride, that's all. He's he's a little, yeah, because everything else about him is so sensible. So it's like, well, this, yeah, this would make sense that he has this little mm-hmm. piece of him that's just a little unhinged. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, that's one way to describe his taste in women. As for outside of their chemistry, um, I do just like the conversation that they have. I thought they was, like, the, it's been a while since they've talked about anything with any deeper meaning you know in the show where they put mm-hmm. some real thought into the writing and so i really enjoyed this conversation this, these were the two people it was to write to have this conversation with mm-hmm. and it being an analogy for what tysan herself is trying to make a decision i like that it 
leads her into choosing what she chooses. Um, it's just a good conversation. It's good writing. And it's mm-hmm. few and far between. So I, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> he was speaking to Tysan in a language that she could understand. Yeah. And let's face it, that's not something she gets very often. Someone who mm. speaks her language, basically. I mean, the closest she's come to that in quite some time is The Guardian, which is a scary thought. Yeah, true. And even then, it's not it's not genuine. It's because she's trying yeah. to work him. She's trying to play him. She's, you know what I mean? This is just yeah. an honest conversation between two people who uh, are familiar with the same ways of thought. But pride, stop it with those bedroom eyes. Stop giving them to every woman you encounter. Cut <laughs> it out. And let's face it. This is pride. Pride has heard Lex go on and on and on about Tyson. So, so he definitely knows this is <laughs> Lex's wife. That's a good point. <laughs> He's like, let's get this. I mean, he, and, and they surely must have seen each other and realized because he is the one that, you know, helped break at Ebony out. That is interesting. We, we don't get any confirmation. Wasn't he in her bedroom as well? Yeah, he was. And remember when she was like, don't I know you when he first got into mm-hmm. the mall, blah, blah, and, mm-hmm. you know, May ran distraction. They don't confirm whether she ever finds out that, yes, we've met before. You know what I mean? I would have been cool to have that conversation. But um, mm-hmm. even if it was just like she realizes it and then decides to stay quiet for whatever reason or whatever. Uh, yeah, they don't confirm whether she remembers meeting him before. Mm. I did like seeing Tysan completely rattled by what the guardian has requested of her and uh i also like the fact that she's pretty straight up about it with alice like there's something Mm -hmm. that you know last night didn't go the way i thought it was and i'm trying to work it out but i will tell you which i I liked you know that they're having this open communication and alice is trusting her like okay you know i'll be here when you need to talk about it and yeah, I got to say this is one of the better episodes for character interactions. And um, yeah, I just I just liked that. Yeah. She's like, I was prepared to give him some, but I wasn't prepared for this. Like, what no. the? <laughs> my body? Sure. My soul? <laughs> I do like that Tyson put a lot of thought into this. I, I just like the evolution of where she went from her first interactions with the Guardian to here. I, I do say think they did a good job with that journey of how she got from point A to point B. Point A was recognizing this guy's creepy attraction to her and deciding to play with him a bit and see if she could use that to her advantage. And then the next step was I have to do something more because, you know, just him being attracted to me and me indulging that isn't helping anybody. So I have to actually be proactive and do something about it to I'm going to be the supreme mother you know what i mean i like that it didn't feel like that came out of nowhere we got mm-hmm. to watch her progress to that way of thinking and that so that was good yeah it was i actually until now i completely forgot about the fact that she had to think about it i didn't instantly say yes i i honestly i can't remember why i don't remember that it's just mm. willingness willingness to dislike her i guess it's, you know bias it's it's there mm-hmm but they have, every time they have shown her reaction to this, the stimulus or whatever's coming off the Guardian, thinking about what she's going to do about it, and, and then acting on what she's decided. It, it's never just out of the blue with 
Isan in The Guardian. And so I think that's, I mean, he's a little unhinged, but we even understand where he's coming from with her, you know. So I, I will say this is one of the through lines that they have actually done a good job with. We know how Tyson and the Guardian have gotten to each step of this evolution of this warped relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just truly enjoyed watching her think about it and especially her interactions with Pride about it. Because they show, you know, so much thought put into it. I don't know. It's adorable. Let lips do what hands do. They pray. <laughs> Exactly. I'm sorry. Just the imagery of their hands. I love it. Just leaning into each other back and forth. Yep. Like, oh, stop it. Cannot stand it. <laughs> and you know what? Your, your man is out there trying to sleep with everything. Get you some, Tysan. Go ahead. Yeah, and please, and please let it be pride and not, you know, Joffa. Exactly. <laughs> if you're going to sleep with anyone for the good of the cause. I mean, we know it. You will. You're willing to do guys with long hair, and Pride used to be that. But maybe that's why she wonders if if she knows him from somewhere. They cut off his mane. She doesn't recognize him. <laughs> yeah, she's like, no, the man I saw had a luxurious mane. <laughs> yep. They're running in my village right now. It depicts the chosen's vision of the world. Part of their propaganda machine, I suppose. People believe it? Frightened people believe in what's easiest to believe. My name's Layla. And you, I think, are Lex and Bray and Ebony. How'd you know that? Mmm, you three play quite a part in the show. Yeah, I've got some questions about this. Um, how do you, did you react to Layla and her story? Especially because it means that the Chosen's kind of organization is large, much larger than we realize. Um, and also the revelation that the Chosen not even bothering trying to turn people against the rebels. Okay. <clears throat> if I can forget that this has not been set up. At all. Um, at all. <laughs> The only thing that has been set up was that brief stint with the Guardian being interested in pregnant women, dedic- you know, presenting themselves to the Chosen, and then it, it, it felt too much like that was just to create conflict between Celine and Ryan, and um, we didn't see how it affected anybody outside of the mall. Uh, it seemed to only affect acolytes, you know, we didn't really see any slaves joining in and doing this. So there isn't any setup for them to actually be grabbing slaves <laughs> from their outside tribes outside of the city and bring where are you bringing them where are they going where are you keeping these pregnant women i mean celine is just in the mall pregnant alone so where are you bringing all these pregnant women where are you keeping them all um Uh, if i can forget that there's no setup for this i do like this it's good world building it's cheap it came out of nowhere I don't know who was sleeping. Is it good though? But it, there's no setup for it. But I, hey, I like it. I like some world building. I like to know that. Okay, so I guess this is what the Chosen have been doing. I don't know when they started, if it's been happening this whole time, but I'm glad to see that something is going on. But logistically, how? I know, I know. <laughs> it's one thing to say the Chosen are in charge of the entire city. You're saying they are so big, they are raiding other villages and bringing all these pregnant girls. Like, yeah. wow, that's the next I, thing I mean, entirely. But, yeah. I mean, that, that makes... That's huge. Um, yeah, but that, that makes the beginning of this season much more fitting. Yeah. With if it, the if it followed Chosen from the beginning, saw. yeah, I would agree with that. But 
like with the amount of chosen we saw at that beach, sure. But <laughs> I I would have just wished that they had shown us so much more of what was going on outside of the mall all this time. Because all we see is just the couple of chosen that are in the mall and well, some randomly patrolling and getting knocked down. So for this to make more sense, we would have needed to see a lot more of what was going on. It's been very shoddy. Like, you know, they took the first, what, five episodes to set up a few things, and then they just completely dropped the ball and didn't feel like they needed to show any of that or, you know, reference what the heck is supposed to be going on outside of the mall or how they're logistically handling these things. And then, so we're just like, okay, I don't understand how the Chosen are still in charge of anything at this point. And then boom, they're like, oh, no, no, we've been doing this the whole time. And it's like, then why weren't you showing us? Why wasn't this a part of the storytelling? But if I, like I said, if I can forget that, I can enjoy this scene. I I like Layla. Um, she was a great one and done character. I would have loved to see her again. Mm-hmm. And it again, I do like the lore, even though it's like, well, where did that come from? <laughs> Really? <laughs> <laughs> like your your tribe just gave you guys up because you the chosen are that big they could have enslaved all of you really like no you couldn't have fought back really um okay <laughs> but fine i guess okay at least the techno is parachuted in like <laughs> right all, oh, yeah. you know what i mean like they they had a perimeter so <laughs> but See, and that leads on to the second part of my issue. Like, they're, they're saying, like, the rebels themselves are so big that they are being heard of in cities all far away for this to even matter, for the Chosen to even have to put on these shows to dis- dissuade mm-hmm. people about them. You know what I mean? Like, the the law, the, the kind yeah. of feel of the rebels is beyond the city. It's like, how? What have they even done that has that news would have traveled, you know what I mean? To other chosen occupied areas. It, do, it just doesn't fit well for me. So, this is where I'm like, I'm two sides of it. I love the idea of chosen propaganda. We already knew that they would be doing it for Trudy. So, I do like the idea mm-hmm. of them trashing Trudy in a propaganda puppet show. Um, that makes sense because he needs to sell the idea that, you know, he has to, you know, further convince people that she, you know, she wasn't really the supreme mother, blah, 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 you know. Especially now. He's, it's, yeah, so I'm like, that's cool. I do think it is strange that he's singling out these three rebels. And it makes even less sense because later in the episode, he'll talk to uh, Luke and say, you do something about the rebels. And it's like, you clearly are already doing something about the rebels. I don't know why you didn't just tell Luke that you already had a plan. I don't know, whatever. So for me, I'm like, I like the propaganda especially against Trudy, I mm-hmm. don't know why Lex and Ebony and Bray are all being named by name. Maybe Bray, maybe, but it just and seems a Eb- little bit of a stretch. To a degree, to a degree, Ebony, but Lex? A little bit of a stretch, um, but uh, whatever. You know, <laughs> it's on Ebony the nose. As, <laughs> uh, Ebony as formerly having been Suits Woman, sure, but Lex is just... I mean, you can't just, why on earth put Lex's name with that? Unless you're going to paint him as the guy who killed, who killed our god. Um. And this would have worked if, if we knew that Jaffa was actively working toward, 
Like, we only know he was trying to catch them once, and it's only because May brought it to him. Mm -hmm. It was May's idea. I can bring the rebel leader to you, you know? If they kept up the fact that this was something, like, that Jaffa had his eye on, or even Luke, like, this was a plan they talked about of trying to find these rebels to arrest them. You know, I, I still want to put Bray to death or whatever. Then I think it would make more sense that yes, he would have these propaganda shows mentioning these criminals specifically because he wants them caught. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. So he can, I don't know, burn them at the stake or whatever, but because he never acts like he cares that they're out there. Really? <laughs> it does seem strange that he'd put any effort into trashing their names to what purpose? <laughs> to further blacken Trudy's name that she went with them. Like, mm. yeah, just like, <sighs> he should share his. He doesn't even, you know what I mean? Like, just show that he cares about catching mm-hmm. them. And, uh, but he hasn't. It, Luke is the one who's been upset, and Jaffa's just like too busy thinking about Tysan's boobs to concentrate on anything. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't blame him. There, it's beautiful cleavage, and it's got like paint. It's like accentuated. It draws the eye. I get it, Jaffa, but come on, you got a cult to run. Yeah, um, I for one, I didn't mind it. I kind of liked it. I mean, it would make sense that the chosen is this big because it kind of makes sense to me on like how their downfall happened because I felt like it was just way too big for for Jaffa to organize. Or at mm-hmm. least to run. So kind of like how Rome fell. And and as for like the plays happening all across the, the city in different villages and stuff like that. I actually like that. I think that's the best way to to spread information. Or at least that's how they did back in the old days mm. of medieval times. So and then with the chosen doing that, they can paint whatever narrative they want. And people are just going to believe it, especially these simpletons of <laughs> the city. I want to counter that. See, so why would you go to other villages and city and even tell them there are rebels? Like, you know what I mean? Why would you even mention there are rebels to be known outside? People don't even know Chewie's name. They just know the Supreme Mother. You know what I mean? And he's okay. He wants to back yeah. her name. Okay, that's one part. But then you're you're saying there are rebels. You don't even need to do that. You know what I mean? I don't understand that part. It, it makes villages far weaker. from saying, "Oh, they're rebels." You makes yeah, it makes the chosen seem weaker and you're trying to induct people <laughs> and kidnap their babies mm. and, uh, you know what i mean that uh, uh, that part i don't like i can answer that i, I, think think I, I answer might that. know this backstory but <laughs> i can answer that i think it's kind of like um very similar to like star wars with the whole like rebels and the empire only in reality they're terrorists so I would assume maybe the guardian is he tells tells people about these rebels because they're hurtful people people you know they're like they're evil. They want to stop us from, I don't know. They, they want to steal the wonder child. Eating donuts. <laughs> yeah, they want to steal pregnant women. They're the enemy, not us. And the baby. I agree with Lance though. This should have come much sooner. This is stuff that we should have seen, like earlier on after the chosen first took over, so that we could understand how they were going about their takeover. Yeah. Um, showing Absolutely. it this this late in the game when Jaffa's entire concentration has been on the mall for whatever freaking reason, you know, and Bray has gotten away, Ebony's gotten away, <laughs> Lex has been wandering in and out. Like, <laughs> it just seems a little late to show this. But again, I do appreciate some lore to how mm-hmm. 
things have been mm-hmm. working, even if it's a little too late to convince me this has been happening the whole time. No, that's fair. The, the lore, I mean, the, the lore itself is good. It's just, yeah. I do like Layla's backstory. Her husband just giving yes. her away <laughs> to protect the village. Like, that's, that's great. That's fantastic. Backstory what a good if you tried. <laughs> yeah. And she's <laughs> so, and I, I like her attitude about it. Like, she's being really pragmatic. You know, Lex is indignant. Like, are you, what? Your husband gave you, a, and she's just like, if he hadn't, everybody we cared about would have been taken in and enslaved. Mm. You know, so for her, this is a small sacrifice. There's a, a confidence that she has. Like this is like when you think about how how easily the mall rats crumbled after just like a few days of you know the rough living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here's Layla. Like, please, I can handle this. There's no big deal. I'll be home before dinner. Like, this is fine. My tribe will be still standing when I get away, and I will. You know, I'm sure my man will come for me when he can. Like, it's just it's nice to see this different point of view rather than just kids who are scared more it was nice to hear about a tribe that's being pragmatic and ha- like seems to have like just a better handle on yeah. a passive resistance like she's just so calm about it you know and i was like i like that she's got a good head on her shoulders then again she, she doesn't husband. she doesn't live in the mall and we all know <laughs> the mall is the seed to all unhappiness and her husband had plenty of time left to save her exactly He's like, babe, they're going to cr- collapse under themselves in less than a month. <laughs> just hold on. She's like, okay, it's cool. Just, just go there. There's good food there. Yep. Feed yourself. Feed the kid. Think of it as a holiday. Would make a great spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you just imagine pregnant women going, ah, okay, I'll come with you guys. You have food. I'll get out by the time the baby comes. <laughs> that would have been a great joke. She the just travel with the Mars. Like, so have you guys ever had a someone who was pregnant in your tribe before? <laughs> oh, nice to get get some insight into a tribe that isn't so much afraid of the chosen, or like almost everybody else that joined the chosen reluctantly or otherwise. It was often things like, "Well, they feed you, they protect you, they keep you safe." You know, or they'll yeah. kill you either way. But here's Layla and her husband making a very pragmatic decision of, look, you're going to, you're pregnant. You, these guys want to take care of pregnant women. So go get taken care of for a while. We'll work out a way to get you out. You know what I mean? Like, it was just different. Like, for example, it, Layla doesn't say like anything positive about the chosen. Like, she's not like, no, like, she's, uh, she's, she's not pro chosen. Right. She's just like, look, this needed to happen to protect my entire tribe. So this is what I'm doing. It's cool. But you don't get the sense that Layla is going to be brainwashed. <laughs> like, you're, just, you're not worried about Layla. She's going to be okay. Yeah. She looked at her husband and said, don't worry, babe, I got this. <laughs> like, I'll see you in three weeks. Okay. <laughs> For all we know, she could have been really happy to get rid of him. <laughs> to be gone. <laughs> That's true. I mean, and, and imagine, you know, being out there, I mean, in this world, without adults, without medical care, as a pregnant girl, and here's this group who says, okay, we're looking for pregnant women to take care of them and to help them with their babies. Mm, yeah. I, can think that, I can think that there might be plenty that would go willing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Trudy would have, you know, pre-season one, without, you know, the whole chosen worshipping her thing, had, had that baby not been Zoots. And she ran into a tribe that was willing to take care of pregnant women. She would 
probably been chilled with that information. And that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Like that's why oh, yeah. you know, they <laughs> pick the mall rats. They seem like the kind of people who would take yeah. care of a pregnant girl. Yeah. And then they found out the hard way that nah, <laughs> we don't want you here. <laughs> Oh, wait, we didn't want to do this. He's like, way to pick him, Bray. <laughs> <laughs> Tyson cannot be the Supreme Mother. Tyson, you're kidding. I'm not an idiot, Allie. I know you're working against me. Of course I'm working against you. You represent everything that I am against. We're enemies. Okay, I asked for that. But whatever advantages you think you can gain from this, it won't do either of us any good. But if Tyson accepts this, it will bring disaster. He's already almost beyond reach. This will make him more and more... So yeah, let's dive into that. Uh, what do you make of, obviously, the Guardian's complete detachment from the fight against the Rebels, but more importantly, Luke's motives in wanting Tyson to refuse just so that he can manipulate the Guardian himself? <laughs> See, this completely contradicts the scene we just watched. If the Guardian does not care about the Rebels, and it's just like, Luke, you handle it, I don't give a crap, then who hired the minstrels to go from village to village doing this propaganda and talking about the rebels? Whose idea was this? It, it's not the Guardians because he doesn't give a crap. He doesn't tell Luke, I'm handling the rebels or whatever. He says, nah, it's your problem. You do with them. So we know Luke isn't in charge of this. Who did this? Who, who, ha, who <laughs> did the minstrels just decide to do this? Did they see the wanted posters and be like, dude, this would make such a great story? You know, like, are they getting paid? What is going on? <laughs> so that annoys me. <laughs> it's like, what? You mean you don't give a crap? Well, the, the more I think about it, the more my brain just goes to, oh, they're telling a story like Sasha would. <laughs> I just, uh, I've always wondered what happened to the guy, and now my mind's made up. He's written the puppet show. But, yeah, it's, it's difficult to see that neither one seems to be behind this part. Sure, the Guardian told Luke to find a way to blacken Trudy's name all over. But it doesn't feel like the way Luke would go about it. Then again, it is ridiculous enough to be a way to go about it, but still. It seems like something Jaffa would do. It's very theatrical yeah. and ineffective. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and since season three, he's proven to be completely ineffective. But neither of them seem to be responsible for this. Because neither of them seem to have a plan to deal with the rebels. So it's like, then whose plan was this? Because this is clearly an attempt to deal with the rebels mm. by blackening their name getting it out there so that they're seen as enemy number one so that they're more likely to get caught or arrested yeah. but clearly it wasn't Jaffa or Luke <laughs> who came up with it I, I wonder if Luke just told one of the lower level chosen to just make sure they blacken the name and some of the other chosen came up with that of, on their own like this is what we've come up with some theater kid was super excited to get this assignment and you know he would have made sure luke knew what they were working on mm, yes. yeah, fair enough. but okay aside from that uh, <laughs> i do like luke's re reaction to finding out that the guardian has chosen tyson to be a supreme mother and um i do like that it's a little ambiguous as to why he's so upset like off surface level it seems he's upset because one this is totally against her belief there's one supreme mother yeah. the person who literally gave birth to brady 
like, <laughs> you can't just replace her with a nice pair of boobs, Java. You can't do it. <laughs> and yet, at the same time, it feels like it's deeper than that because he's watching the the guardian being like doing this. It's more than just him being distracted because he's attracted. It's like he's sliding out of his own sanity. You know, <laughs> that he he's talking crazy. This doesn't make sense mm-hmm. what he's talking about. And it's it's destroying. It threatens Luke's peace. I I I, I his peace, his beliefs. It's it's just it's gonna just the stability of the world. Right. It's gonna the stability of everything that he's been building and depends on for his own state of being, for his own sense of like everything I've done is worth it because this is what we're building. And Jaffa being so unhinged is threatening it, and indulging in Tysan is threatening it. You know, and uh, I, I think it's he's trying to protect the system that he's played a part in building because he needs it so much. Because if this breaks, if this fails, then there's no justification for any of the things nope. that he did. Then he has to face with it first crimes. Right. So it's like he needs this to work. He needs this to be proven as the right way. Otherwise, everything he did was just in vain and makes him a terrible person mm-hmm. i like his conversation with ellie about it oh yeah you know he he's like he even slips up in the conversation by letting you know hinting at jaffa's state of mind mm-hmm. you know which he's clearly trying to keep secret from yeah. people you know yep he, he seems genuinely just like don't talk tell her not to do it heck he might even be concerned for tyson's safety i don't know like, you yeah. know, a tiny bit, just a tiny bit. Like, this guy's crazy. <laughs> you know, the, he, he tried to off the last Supreme Mother. Mm. Right. You know, this is, um. What happens when she pisses him off? Mm. It's like Luke is like a steward trying to hide from the people that their king has gone mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Because the stability of the country is dependent on the monarch being in their right mind and able to rule. You know, and he cares for the kingdom, you know, it matters. And it's like, nobody can know that you're crazy. It, that's kind of what it is, though, or at least what I think it is. Yeah, and he's becoming overwhelmed just trying to deal with Jaffa himself. Like, it says, like, I'm barely getting through to him as it is. And if he indulges this craziness, I just feel like it's going to take him further down that rabbit hole. And she's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's going on? <laughs> Like, I gotta go. <laughs> it's nice to see, though. And I like him going to Ellie with this. You know, as, yeah, I don't know. I just, I like how that dynamic kind of works in their own weird, special way. Yeah, you can tell. I mean, it wasn't, it shouldn't be a shot for in the future when they do get together because they kind of helped each other go through a lot of uh, stuff that they're personally going through while this whole chosen thing was happening. Ellie's the only person he can talk to. She's the only mm-hmm. person he can be as honest as Luke is willing to be. And I say that because Luke isn't fully honest with himself. So I can't say that he's being fully honest with Ellie. Because, you know, he's hiding truths from himself. You know, because he yeah. doesn't want to look in the mirror and actually admit or see. But as honest as he's capable of being, he's doing that with Ellie. And uh, she's a sounding board. He's someone he can talk to. And doesn't have to pretend, and he can be who he is with her and find acceptance. So, yeah, it does make sense that mm-hmm. he would go straight to Ellie, not only to vent this, this frustration, but to beg for her help. Like, please don't let this happen. You gotta do something. 
you know, and he also and doesn't know what Tysan's motivations are either. He seems hmm. wary of her as well. Yeah, it's true. To be fair, she can be hard to read. Yeah. What is that word? Enigmatic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know. I always felt bad for Luke that he had no one else to go to because it's not like he can talk about any of this with his fellow chosen because that would put his position at risk, his life at risk, and basically the whole structure of the chosen at risk. Can't so doubt in any of their minds because their belief yeah. is what's holding this house of cards up. Yeah, and what would happen, you know, if if one of the other chosen would go to Jaffa with a hey, Luke saying you're crazy. Um, yeah, they'd remove Luke from the picture and then who'd try and help people and try and have some control over his lunacy. Luke took a car ride with somebody that he thought, they're just taking me home. That's it. And then he realized that mm-hmm. nobody in the car was sober and he can't jump out of the car. It's going too fast. And if he the car, who's going to steer the wheel and keep these people from killing themselves? That's where Luke is. Mm-hmm. Or others. Exactly. So Luke is like, I have to stay in this car and steer this, mm-hmm. try and steer and save as many people as I can. <laughs> and most of us are like, Luke, just jump out, tuck and roll, man. You can't save this. If not him trying to talk some sense into Jaffa, then who? If he's removed from the picture, that just leaves Jaffa to do all his crazy and Luke is just left with himself and Luke does mm-hmm. not want to be left with himself nope the chosen give him purpose and he needs that purpose and we see what happens when he loses it his mental health declines rapidly he took away his reason to live his justification for his actions so I think the car analogy might work better if we acknowledge that Luke also brought a bunch of alcohol with him, he just didn't get as <laughs> drunk as he just didn't get as drunk as everybody. So there's also a sense of, well, I'm a little responsible for the predicament we're all in. <laughs> <laughs> he got them drunk. Right. I didn't I didn't think that it would get this bad. And if I jump out, I have to take ownership for my part. So let me just steer as much as I can. But <laughs> Guardian's just <laughs> Got a hand on the clutch. <laughs> pressed on the gas. No hand. I just hate how much of this conversation just sounds like Jay and Ram. It's just... <laughs> back of my head is just like, oh my god. <laughs> a worse version, but still... <laughs> I was going to say it was better. A much worse version, but it's, it's just the same. <laughs> yeah, but that's why Jay is a combination of Bray 2.0 and Luke. 2.0 all poured into one package see how retroactively it can be annoying to see this knowing they're just going to redo it rehash it and then mm. it's not going to be done as well it's just a copy of a copy of a copy and the characters aren't as well fleshed out like we can at least understand how luke and jaffa got here mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and it is believable what luke is struggling with we don't have to feel sorry for him he did this to himself but you at least can empathize with how he got here as a person and what he's actually struggling with. I don't believe Jay is struggling with anything. (laughs) You'll never convince me otherwise. (laughs) Jay doesn't give a crap about anybody except I want people to like me. (laughs) That is it. That's all Jay cares about. But Luke, it's actually believable that this is a struggle and this is, he's genuinely fighting this. And, um, Oh, yeah. And he really thought that they were going to make the world a better place. 
because Jaffa is that charismatic and convincing at first. Mm. He, he at least had hopes that this would work, because people need something to believe in. He needed something to believe in. Okay, let's take a quick side detour. Okay. Okay, so you got me. Some nice moves there, Tully. I admit, you had scammed me this time. So what are you going to do? Well, it looks like you had a good day selling. What do you say if we work together? I supply the stuff and you keep doing them all. And I get a cut. Um, yeah, just join me. What do you make of Casey, Tally, and Andy? <sighs> He's trying to be Lex. Who are you selling this stuff to, Casey? I don't understand this. There are five people in this mall. Who are you selling this merchandise to, Casey? With and what are they what are they bartering with? You guys are slaves, okay? I don't understand how you can do business in the mall. I I've got so many questions about this. I mean I am just kidding. We see some quick scenes of them like breaking into the storeroom and stuff. So that's where they're getting like this the things from. Okay, fine, that makes sense. Yeah, like you said, who are they sending these to? They are all slaves in the mall. Who is this going to? <laughs> Who's buying it? And I don't understand. The other hidden people in the mall who are gonna purchase this contraband. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 the people who we saw make food for Casey. <laughs> some point so the fire of a chosen initiates yeah. <laughs> or, or or just you know other low very low level chosen have limited rations apparently <laughs> or limited everything at some point it's so pointless especially when we've already seen casey flex his power with the other acolytes being like well i the oracle mm -hmm. you know what i mean so when i want food i get food we've already seen him flex his muscles yeah what does he need tally for this what is, is the point weird. of tally yeah. like i understand if casey wants to steal this contraband and sell it outside of the mall mm -hmm. to people who are scraping and surviving out there and just trying to avoid getting in trouble with the chosen because they already established that he's outside doing that mm -hmm. stuff so why are you doing business in the mall, Casey? This is just stupid and a waste of time. And it's just busy work for Casey that serves zero purpose, except to make Tally and Andy look clever. Mm. That's it. That's its only purpose to give Tally and Andy something to do and show that they're very clever kids. And I don't mind the tertiary characters, especially the kids being given busy work. I like when the busy work is relevant to what's going on around them. These guys, like the whole slavery issue may might as well not exist for them because it pay, it plays no part in their lives. All of it this actually stuff doesn't. Like, yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> they might as well just be living in the mall. Like it has nothing to do with the fact that they were enslaved and brought here against their will because none of their behavior it shows any of that. It just it's well, who furnished their room? This was Bray's room. Who furnished this room? Where did all this furniture come from? Where did the bunk beds come from? Why would the chosen allow them to do this? Like, oh, okay, the Ooh. slaves need some place to sleep. Like, are you freaking kidding me? They'd be on Oh, it's so dumb. I <laughs> They'd be on the floor. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> it annoyed me so much looking at Bray's room, and it was Bray's completely room. redecorated for this group of three people. And I was like, when did this happen? <laughs> I don't see the chosen. Is that Nets use? Building bunk beds? Like, I understand the 
rest of the mall rats having a place to sleep because they literally just returned to their old bedrooms. And conveniently, all of their old bedrooms were on the first floor. So it was like, okay, when the Chosen allowed them to go back to their sleep, they had some place to go that was already made up. This is Bray's room. We remember what Bray's room looked like last time. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand how these three are like, well, we need a place to sleep. And the Chosen were like, oh, well, let's just get this room decked out specifically for your needs. <laughs> They'd be like, look, find an empty space and a soft like landing because we can't help you. Like, I just don't understand this. But no, we give them the room of Bray, brother of Zoot. Sure. Like, I can see them being in his room. They just need some place to sleep, you know, and there's already a bed there. Fine. But just it's been completely redone to suit them. And I'm mm. like, no, no, <laughs> no, it wouldn't happen. No, I don't see the chosen be like, well, this is the storeroom where we keep all the furniture. Help yourself. Like, I just don't see that happening. I mean, to be fair, I would have loved to see Ned try and sleep in Bray's old hammock, for instance. Would have been hilarious to see him try and climb in that. But <laughs> it's just. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm tired of seeing it. I'm always just disgusted by all the Casey schemes, quick rich schemes that are just like throwaway plot lines for for most episodes. Mm. I mean, honestly, I'd rather just watch a 15 minute episode. Like, don't put it in the show if it has nothing to do with the overall story. And, And what's with Ned walking in and demanding that his brother and sister get him water for his bath? When have we established Slave even have bath time? (laughs) He brings in this gigantic (laughs) container. Go fetch me water. From where? When was this ever established that this is what the slaves get to do? Then again, I mean, I don't know why I'm even going on about it. Tizan's freaking meditating. They're not slaves! (laughs) That's a good question. I'm not sure, A, where they're fetching water from. And B, he's having baths. (laughs) Baths. How? Where? Where? Earlier seasons where it was just much more realistic and plausible how things like this were handled. Like in season one, they had a water tank and then they had a water filter to collect water. Then they had to go to collect water outdoors. And everybody had a ration of water. If you wanted a bird bath, because that was the only kind of bath you could have for yourself, you had to save up your bottles. Like in season two, we see Danny bathing herself like you would in a bird bath. She's got a bowl of water and she's cleaning herself that way because that's how you'd have to do it. Nobody is giving the slaves gigantic gas can of water so he can take a bath. What? (laughs) Yeah, it annoys me. Every little bit they show, it just the whole structure just collapses more and more. Like, why? Why did you even bother? I just don't understand. I really wish they had taken the opportunity to, like, okay, I'm totally fine with Ned being the kind of person who would respond to his imprisonment by being as obnoxious as possible. That is fine. That is how some people respond to the situation. But show him actually suffering imprisonment. Like, do something so that his actions feel justified and empathetic so that you can be like, oh, yeah, I I feel him. I totally get it. I don't like him, but I get why he's behaving this way. He's sitting around not having to do anything. We haven't seen him empty a trash can, sweep a floor. You're not a slave, Ned. You just can't go outside. So, like, this, Mm. this behavior, this attitude of being so angry and frustrated, it's like, where is this even coming from? Like, 
nothing yeah. is happening to justify this whatsoever. Just, yeah. mm-hmm. And it just makes him all the more unlikable. And I'm like, then why did you create a character for the sole purpose of being obnoxious and unlikable with like no redeeming qualities? Because you started giving him a redeeming quality by showing that he's been caring for his brother and sister and then immediately show him being a dick to them. Like, what yeah, is his purpose I- for existing? Did you just need him to get Tally and Andy here? Because I guarantee you could have written Ned out and brought Tally and Andy onto the show and it would have worked 10 times better. Would have been even more interesting if they just caught pride by themselves and being young and innocent were like, let's go sell him as a slave. We can get some stuff because they're too young to know any better. All of them get brought back. Like that would have been 10 times better. You didn't need Ned for any of this. Ned serves zero purpose except to make a fool out of Alice. And you know what I mean? Like there's, he doesn't serve a purpose. We didn't need to know him. That's a good point. No, actually, it really is a good point. Like, yeah. <laughs> when you think about it, yeah, his purpose. He's not, in, he's not entertaining. You know, no. he's not fun. He's not fun to even hate. You know, like, that's great. We had fun hating Lex in season one. We've had fun hating Ebony in season two. Ned's not even fun to hate. Mm-hmm. Why is he here? <laughs> yeah, I agree. No, that's a very, that's a really really good point because yeah, you, you think about like the kind of scope and development of each character, like why they were put into the show, and you just think about Ned, like I don't, yeah, I don't actually know why you were put in the show. I actually really don't. Um, was it really just to have a relationship with Alice at the end of it? They all like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And they didn't do a good job with that. So and yeah, don't, don't start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, were they sick of Celine being the punching bag in the mall? So there's brought in someone we could hate more and we could just forget about her entirely because that's what it seems like. Like, yeah, we tortured her enough. We made you hate her. Uh, let's give her a break. <laughs> just bring in someone worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ned's a, a weird one for me. I've never really understood. He allowed himself to get caught by two little kids. Like, at first, they caught him off guard. Fine. But then he starts saying, wouldn't that put more credence to him needing or wanting to get into the mall? Because he decides not to try to get away from these children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Frankly, I would have much more, like, preferred to have seen that. Like, just just take Ned out of it entirely. You could bring a Ned-like character in later when you need Trudy and Amber to be kidnapped. There are plenty of people who feel wrong by the chosen and would have been pissed off at the the mall rats decision yeah. not to put the guardian on trial ned could have been anybody who decided to kidnap those girls to try and get his hands on the guardian you know what i mean he could have come in later we don't need him here now heck he could have come in later because he's trying to find his brother and sister who got captured by the chosen and have been enslaved just anything to make him a little more interesting and likable because <laughs> he's certainly not here to build up his character nope but among the people is a small band of freedom fighters who are unafraid to stand up against the tyranny of the Guardian. Bray the Braveheart, Ebony the Fearless, and bravest and most fearless of them all, Lex the Invincible. So yeah, uh, let's just talk about that. What do you think of the rebels hijacking the, the Trojans' own propaganda? And the, the way they kind of went about spinning their own story like what did you make of it all (sighs) with fire the original puppet show is theatrical and silly it's melodramatic and it's it's actually pretty ridiculous you know the average person wouldn't buy this stuff you know the story that the original chosen puppet show is propagating you know so their show is equally silly and ridiculous 
but just the opposite end of the spectrum of what, you know, I, I think it worked for the medium in which they're doing. It's a puppet show, you know, <laughs> like, uh, I think it works for the medium, you know, and it's just a theatrical and silly and, but mm. laying out the truth that the chosen are the bad guys. And, uh, I, I really do like how they take story Trudy's storyline because Layla is another young woman in a similar predicament. And this is what the chosen prey on, you know, and using that. And so, yeah, it's just another silly fairy tale to get the moral or your message across to a bunch of lemmings who are so stupid as Carlin says mm -hmm. to believe any of this anyway, <laughs> not fight it. So it's fun. I, I think it's fun. <laughs> I'm just glad to see the rebels doing anything. To mm -hmm. <laughs> but oh, the way Lex spins it in the end. Didn't this feel like a silly adventure and like Xeno Warrior Princess? You know, the rebels just are out one day. I don't know what they were intending to do. Like, I don't. I think they were trying to find supply trucks. I don't know. And and then this, this is what they come across: a, a truck full of pregnant women. It's just an adventure for today for the rebels. Mm -hmm. <sighs> the adventures of young Hercules. That's what it felt like. And... <laughs> <laughs> At least they're doing things. I mean, they're, hey. yeah. they're just sitting in their hideout again, doing nothing. At least, yeah, this is something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never speak of this again. It was just, <laughs> it's just a little serial episode. <laughs> and you know, and and they had which I found funny. We see them sitting there hiding with you know the guidance behind them, waiting for that truck to take over. And it was only only until this episode that I realized where I saw the scene that we have later in another season with uh, a techno truck before, because it, it's like. The same location where they're trying to hijack a truck. It just looks so similar. Oh, mm -hmm. because it was. We know that with the Technos, they reused a bunch of Chosen footage of the Chosen vans. We know that they use some same locations. I, <laughs> sorry. I don't know why I found this so amusing. But when they go to take the truck, it just made me laugh that the Chosen didn't even try to get back in their truck and drive over the Rebels. Like, they just... Ran off. How are you going to explain losing an entire truck and a load of pregnant women? Like, <laughs> they just put it off into nowhere. Into nowhere. They'll just spin the story different about the bad evil rebels and a big group of them. Actually, like, because you have that scene with them taking the truck and then immediately after you have Luke complaining about the rebels. I'm like, did mm -hmm. they go back and say the rebels stole our truck? Like, what happened? Probably. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I'm now imagining the scared chosen kids that were in that truck and ran away, just beating each other up to make it seem like the rebels did that. <laughs> to have a better story to tell. <laughs> to at least make it seem like they put up a fight. <laughs> what I did find interesting about the whole um, puppet show that rebels put on, though, is... That they just figured we will completely um, get rid of Trudy in the storyline. There was no Trudy, just Layla. That's how you combat um, propaganda. If you, like, they take the rebels, they keep them true. These are real characters. But then change the characters in the, sto the chosen storyline, it's implying that everything in this chosen storyline mm -hmm. is a lie. Yeah. And, yeah. um... 
by leaving Trudy out and substituting her with another girl that they know nothing about, it humanizes just the it humanizes the character that Trudy is playing. A helpless young woman put in an impossible situation by this evil man. You know, rather than using Trudy's name, who they are already familiar with because the Chosen have been crapping yeah. on her this whole time, use someone who could be anybody, you know? Yeah, it fair could enough. Be your, it could be your sister, your girlfriend, you know, your bestie. It could be anybody this could have happened to. What matters is that the Chosen are real and they're evil, the Rebels are real and they're good, and there was an innocent person caught in the middle who needed to be saved. So it's more about just that equate, mm, yeah. you know. Yeah, fair enough. No point in telling that Trudy isn't what the Chosen are saying. There's no point in combating that. So instead, let's just humanize a person in Trudy's situation. That brings us to our final thoughts of the episode. It's such a good opportunity. Tysan becomes Supreme Mother. We've got power. You could really start to manipulate him. Yeah, and what if she can't? What if it's the other way around? He won't influence Tysan. How do you know? How do you know she'll not be taken over in the end? It has happened to others. People who are otherwise good and decent. Oh, come on, Allie. You mean Celine or May? You're so sure of yourself, Alice. We don't even know the game we'll be playing. Let alone what it might bring down on us. Don't do it, Tysan. Just don't. So, yeah, what do you make of those arguments and Tysan's final decision to accept? Well, it's in character that Alice doesn't seem to care who needs to be sacrificed for this fight. I mean... Why should she care about Tysan's safety? She certainly doesn't care about her sisters, so at least she's staying consistent yeah. there. Um, I like the fact that Ellie, again, her reasons could be ambiguous. She could be saying that Tysan shouldn't do it because Luke asked her to, and she at least believes him that this would be bad for everyone. She may not know why, but she believes him when he says it would be bad if Tysan accepts this and is you know, that's enough for her to say it's a bad idea. It could also be because she herself has fallen into the trap of feeling conflicted over Luke, mm -hmm. you know? So she already knows it's not a great idea to try to play with these guys because I'm struggling, you know? Um, and I like the fact that Tyson doesn't want to do it. She's like, this sounds freaking dangerous. This isn't what I signed on for. You know, this is going a little too far. I, I don't feel good about this. And Alice is like, screw you, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Alice. It is consistent, though. Yeah, <laughs> look how they massacred my boy. <laughs> and I like how Tysan came to her decision. I don't have to agree with her decision. I understand, though, how she got there. It wasn't on a whim. It wasn't a power trip. It was, you know, we saw how she got here. Mm -hmm. And that she still thinks that, okay, Instead of using his attraction to me, maybe I can use this, you know, uh, to get through to him and stop this rampage or whatever. Um, and it may even be a sense of responsibility to do it. And so, yeah, I wish she wasn't going to do it. I really do. But I understand why she decides to. There's a part of that discussion, though, that I, I just truly enjoyed. It's like um, when Ellie mentions, yeah, other people have been taking taken over people who are otherwise good and decent mm. and alice instantly coming back with what you mean celine or may <laughs> tell us how you really feel alice <laughs> she said that like she was not surprised about celine at all like celine was mm -hmm. decent like damn alice <laughs> or may i mean she was your friend at one point alice <laughs> like right 
But, you know, it it does kind of speak for Alice to say, ah, oh, he won't influence Tyson. You know, it's she does have that level of faith in Tyson that she thinks Tyson would never be turned against them, you know, that way. I think it shows that Alice's discernment is not always as uh, solid as we'd like to think it is. Mm -hmm. Because, again, she threw her sister into this without any thought of how her sister could be affected. She just was like, oh, no, you you won't turn on me, you know. And I, I, I'm not saying that Alice, I mean, that Tysan is a terrible person because she and Lex <laughs> fell in love. I'm just saying that if I were Alice, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'd remember that. I'm just saying that I'd be like, you know, I once thought that this person would never do anything to hurt me. And then they did. Mm -hmm. And while I've forgiven them and I understand how it came to be, I was wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, you know, that, that, that was all instantly forgotten. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like, okay okay you don't have any doubts no doubts whatsoever all right so even alice's reasons for jumping it could be considered a little ambiguous because like mm -hmm. it could be that she doesn't give a crap if tyson ends up in danger just do it <laughs> get us out of this <laughs> you screw us out of this and i'll tell lex about it okay honey i mean alice you do recall that the last supreme mother was nearly put to death i thought tyson was your friend <laughs> You're not worried about her at all? Not even a little bit? I mean, yeah, actually, that's a good point. Because that's what, well, last point I wanted to raise with you guys. Like, do you think Tyson even had a choice? No. Honestly, I don't. If she had said no, you know what I mean? Well, Can you imagine the giant fit he would have... It's, she probably wouldn't have survived that. Yes, yes I'm saying. Like, she, she could not have said no. There, there was if, no choice. If no. she had told him no, he would have gone for the harlot tried to seduce me off head an enslaved person can't give consent to basically mm -hmm. anything at the end of the day nope. you know what i mean these guys are slaves even though it is depicted ter terribly the point is they don't have any power against their oppressors when their oppressors mm -hmm. want something no matter how they couch it as a request it's not a request mm. and he's made it clear it's not a request tyson doesn't have a choice she could say no and, you know, Tyson is the type of person who, if she was adamantly against this and didn't think any good would come out of it, she would be willing to face those gallows to say no, because that's just mm -hmm. who she is at her core. But, you know, if she wants to live, no, she does not have a choice. If she doesn't want her friends punished, she doesn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. Trudy never had a choice. You know what I mean? Like, that is one nope. thing that's been consistent with The Chosen. He's characters don't really have a choice they can't give consent to most of what's happening to them which is why i've never villainized any of them for joining you know um because they didn't have a choice well celine kind of did in the beginning jo to join them no i'm not i'm not getting on her for that like i said celine's on way worse things than joining the chosen <laughs> way worse things. <laughs> joining the chosen is one of the most practical things she's ever in my opinion. I mean, obviously, there's exceptions to the rules. Like, for example, May certainly didn't have to go to the Guardian and establish, oh, I can get the Rebels for you. That wasn't necessary. Mm -hmm. She didn't have to do that. But her joining the Chosen? Not going to call her a bad guy for doing that. You know, that wasn't necessary. But she didn't have I, a I mean, choice. Yeah, she didn't have a choice. 
She did you know, have a choice. No, what I meant Mace, is uh, the, the rebel thing. Like, she had a choice there. Yeah. 100%. That yeah. was not necessary. Joining the Chosen, again, it was star. At the time when she joined, these guys were being starved and they were being threatened to being worked to death. And death, and like, death was hanging over their heads in those first five episodes. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't have a choice. If she wanted to live, she didn't have a choice, you know? Um, so I think, I feel like most of them were just put in really ah, crappy situations. Maybe this is just me. Since they're, like, able to freely walk around, I wonder why they haven't, like, assassinated the, the Guardian yet. They could try. It's not like they'd get punished for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give it a shot, guys. Oh, can you see? And who'd replace him, Luke? That would have been fun. I don't think anyone would. It's like it's Honestly. like you get off the head of a snake and it just dies out. Ryan had the ropes. All you needed, mm-hmm. he just needed someone he could tag in. <laughs> God, someone, someone to hold down the guards. Yeah, just keep the door blocked or whatever. So at this time, just be like, okay, like we just need more than one of us to get in there. <laughs> Tyson, lay a Tyson, lay a trap, and Alice will sneak in <laughs> and she'll off him. And she'll off him. Like, yes, Carlin, we've been complaining about this for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. Or just leave through mm. the sewer entrance. Or just leave. Just leave. Yeah. All of this is so irrelevant every time you remember that there's no reason they should still be here. <laughs> oh, okay. I crapped on Ned so bad this episode. I remember one thing he said that actually amused me and I agreed with. I don't know what his obsession with May and Pride. Like, I think it's just his insecurities about Pride or whatever. Um, but <laughs> when May's like, what is your deal? Leave us alone. We're just talking. And he says, what are you doing down here talking with us anyway? Are you supposed to be, like, changing the Divine Child's nappies? And I was like, you know what? That's a good point. Why are you down here? Where's the baby? <laughs> Who is watching the baby? Oh, Brady. Poor Brady. But nothing bad ever happens to Brady, so no needs to watch her. Exactly. She doesn't fall downstairs when she crawls away. <laughs> What's emotional neglect? Are you kidding me? She's fine. She's not at all traumatized by the disappearance of her mother. Okay, cool. Um, That brings Series 3, Episode 23 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And if you'd like to take part in a future episode of the podcast, please do send us a message on our Facebook page, on our website, or on Instagram, thetribe.co.uk. So we'll see you next time for Episode 24. Until then, bye. Bye. Later. Bye.